Welcome to the Reality Revolution. I am your host, Brian Scott. Today we're going to read a fantastic Joseph Murphy lecture. This is one of his live lectures, and I'm reading the transcript called The Unbelievable Power of Suggestion. I love this. There's lots of stuff in this, stories, examples, a lot of meat to it. The more I read the actual lectures, the more impressed I am with Joseph Murphy's amazing ability to teach the law of attraction in his own unique way. Suggestion is a power that we all struggle with. There's negative suggestions all the time in this world, and we do it to ourselves. And by listening to this lecture, you're going to get a greater understanding of the power of these suggestions and giving you the ability to change it. The Unbelievable Power of Suggestion by Dr. Joseph Murphy. Call a child stupid, dumb, ignorant, and he begins to accept it, and his subconscious mind responds accordingly. You can also start a whispering campaign against a politician, spread lies about him, and you will get a lot of people magnifying the lies into hostility, animosity, and vitriolic abuse. Some time ago, I saw a young lady behind the counter in a department store, and I complimented her. I said, you're very beautiful, very charming. She said, oh no, I'm not. I asked, what makes you think so? My mother told me that I'm awkward, ungainly, and very plain, she replied. She believed this due to the statements of her mother and was full of bitterness, inner resentment, and a deeper inner conflict. The real reason her mother said these things to her was due to jealousy, because she was charming and beautiful and spoke very well. I told her that whatever she attached to I am, she became. Then I wrote something down for her. I'm a child of God, a daughter of the infinite. I'm illumined and inspired. I'm happy, joyous, and free. One with God is a majority. And if God be for me, who on earth can be against me? As she began to affirm that she has changed, she is no longer down on herself as she exalts God in the midst of her. For God is the living spirit almighty, which created you and the whole universe. Judge Troward, who wrote inimitable textbooks on the science of the mind, lived in India for 30 years. He said, once you admit that there is any power outside yourself, however beneficent you may conceive it to be, you have sown the seed which must sooner or later bear the fruit of fear which is the entire ruin of life, love, and liberty. We are the life principle itself. The difference is only that between the generic and the specific of the same thing, let this be the great foundation and never admit for a single instant any thought opposed to this basic truth of being. That's the greatest thing Troward has ever said. In other words, once you admit there is any power outside yourself, and that power is thought, however beneficent you may conceive it to be, you've sown the seed which must sooner or later bear the fruit of fear, which is the entire ruin 
of life, love, and liberty. I repeated that because you should ingest it in your bloodstream. You should write it in your heart, indelibly. You should think about it 1,000, 5,000 times a day. When your thoughts are God's thoughts, God's power is with your thoughts of good. That is the meaning of one with God is a majority. And if God before you, who on earth can be against you? The suggestions of others have no power to create the things they suggest. The creative movement is in your own thought. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Means it was created from an individualistic standpoint, for the only immaterial power you know is thought, and therefore your thought is the power. The thoughts of others have no power except when you accept the thought and that which you accept becomes the movement of your own thought. Dr. Paul Tournier, the greatest psychiatrist in Europe, said that doctors should stop making negative suggestions because people look upon them as men of authority. A doctor says, you're going to be deaf in a year's time, and a year to the day, they'll go deaf. Or if a doctor says, you'll lose the sight in that eye, you believe it, and of course you will. He says we must get away from making negative suggestions, even though they seem to be based upon scientific evidence, from the standpoint of medicine. Many religions are governed by thoughts, or suggestions, the power of suggestion. There was an old preacher who said, if you drink too much, if you run around with women, and you're unfaithful to your wives, when you die you'll go to hell, where there's gnawing and gnashing of teeth. One old man in the back row had some sense. He said, Parson, I have no teeth. The old preacher said, they'll be provided for you. This shows how these negative suggestions about God, life, and the universe are ridiculous. God is the living spirit, almighty, forever broadcasting great eternal truths. The God presence is within you, and our impulses and urges are always life heard. Man's mind is cluttered up with false beliefs, ideas, and opinions. His mind is opaque to these eternal truths. Suggestions of fear to a man full of confidence and faith have absolutely no effect. It reinforces his faith and his confidence in the principle of success. He knows the infinite can't fail, and your suggestions of failure simply give him greater confidence in the inner powers within him. Suggestions which affect us are those which find the kindred spirit within us. Dr. Brunt was head of the religious science movement in South Africa, where I lectured many years ago. She told me about voodoo curses, and I visited this particular mine, where 9,000 men were employed, with three men in charge of them. When one of the workers violates a rule, he gets a skull and crossbones by a messenger and is told that the voodoo curse is on him. Sometimes the curse says, you will die at six, and then this otherwise perfect specimen of humanity sits down and dies at six o'clock. I spoke to a couple of the doctors who were present and they said it's true. They say fear killed him, that these men essentially kill themselves. There were missionaries cursed by these voodoo doctors as well because they were taking business away from them. But there's nothing in the subconscious of the missionary that generates fear regarding a voodoo curse and therefore they laugh at the curses pronounced upon them. The skull and crossbones sent to them are meaningless objects. But the natives are brought up in the belief that the voodoo doctor has some great occult power 
only because these men give them power. So realize the power is in the movement of your own thought, and no one has the power to hurt you but yourself. Who shall hurt you if you're a follower of that which is good? No evil shall befall the just, no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. No good thing shall be withheld from him who walks uprightly in the law. One with God is a majority, and if God be for you, who can be against you? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He will cover me with His feathers, and under His wings shall I rest. The truth of God shall be my shield and buckler. And then you're told, You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, or the arrow that flieth by day, or the pestilence that walketh the darkness. No, for his angels watch over you, and bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Identify yourself with these great eternal truths, and you'll build up an immunity, a divine antibody. You become God-intoxicated, and you walk the earth with the praise of God forever on your lips. Dr. Bales, who was a great teacher here in Los Angeles and had studied medicine in London, told a group of us at the New Thought Movement that in his last year as an intern, he and other interns would give patients a placebo, a little sugar and milk put in a capsule form and colored, nothing but sugar and milk inert. He would tell the patients, this is a new drug, a new chemical that will take away all the migraines. It's from Germany. A new research product, they'd come back the next week and say, Oh, doctor, that was marvelous medicine. That was wonderful. I need some more of that. Yes, it was absolutely nothing in the world but sugar and milk, showing you the power of suggestion. The suggestion by Dr. Bales released their healing power, and they accepted it. As if they were hypnotized, realize that under hypnosis a surgeon can operate on you, can take a leg off or remove a tumor, and you feel absolutely nothing. Why? Because when you are hypnotized, the doctor makes a suggestion that you feel no pain, and lo and behold, you are. Dr. Elsie McCoy, who was a chief surgical nurse in a Chicago hospital for many years, had these post-operative patients who were crying out at night, full of pain. They wanted morphine. Oftentimes, I would take a syringe and take a half cc or one cc of distilled water, she said. And I would go to the patient and say, All right, my dear, I'm going to give you half a grain of morphine subcutaneously. I would inject the distilled water. They'd go off to sleep for 12 hours and the pain was taken away. What happened? They accepted her suggestion. They said, This is morphine. According to their belief, it is done. Unto them, just the same as if they were hypnotized and told you have no pain. You'll feel absolutely nothing. They accept that. This is the power of your mind, a marvelous power. So begin to think about the tremendous power within you. Dr. David Seabury was a great psychologist who passed on a few years ago. His father was secretary to Dr. Phineas Parkhurst Quimby in 1847. Dr. Seabury was the only one in America who knew Quimby's teachings of healing, and he passed them on to me many years ago. He told me a very interesting story. A young man he experimented with, a ne'er-do-well up in Paradise, a little town in Northern California, 
This man had a certain habit where every morning he'd go to the post office, the coffee shop, and then to the saloon. Dr. Seabury was going to have some fun with him. They tipped off the postal clerk, saying, when he comes in, tell him, you don't look good. There's yellow pigmentation around your eyes and your face is flushed. Have you seen a doctor? Are you all right? Shouldn't you go to bed? Dr. Seabury then told the waitress at the coffee shop and the bartender at the saloon to say the same things. The man went to the post office and the clerk said, Have you been to the doctor? You don't look well. How's your blood pressure? He then went to the coffee shop and the waitress told him something similar. He then got up and went to the saloon and the bartender said, Your eyes don't look good. Your face is kind of white. Shouldn't you see a doctor? Dr. Seabury said that the man went home and became deathly ill. They had to call a doctor and Seabury had to go in and tell him it was all a joke. Yet they had a tough time with him. They did it for fun, but he'd actually made himself sick, though these were just suggestions which he accepted. Your subconscious mind accepts what is impressed upon it. What you consciously believe, it does not reason things out like your conscious mind. It does not argue with you controversially. Your subconscious mind is like soil which accepts any kind of seed, good or bad. Your thoughts are active, and thus might be likened unto seeds. Negative destructive suggestions continue to work in your subconscious mind, and in due time will come forth into utter experience, which corresponds with them. Remember that your subconscious mind does not engage in proving whether your thoughts are good or bad, true or false, but responds accordingly to the nature of your thoughts or suggestions. For example, if you consciously assume something to be true, even though it may be false, your subconscious mind will accept it as true and proceed to bring about results. These must necessarily follow because you assumed it to be true. Innumerable experiments by psychologists, psychiatrists, and others on persons in the hypnotic state have shown that the subconscious mind is incapable of making the comparisons necessary for a reasoning process. They have shown repeatedly that your subconscious mind will accept any suggestion, however false, and having once accepted any suggestion, it responds according to the nature of the suggestion given. To illustrate the amenability of your subconscious mind to suggestion, if a practical hypnotist suggests to one of his subjects that he is Napoleon Bonaparte, or even a cat or a dog, he will act out the part with inimitable accuracy. Tell him to kneel down and he will. Tell him to bark like a dog and he will. Tell him to lap up milk like a cat and he will. He believes himself to be whatever the operator tells him to be. You can make the sign of the cross on his chest and say, tomorrow at two, you will come back to this office and you tell us that you are a victim of the stigmata and the cross will be bleeding. He'll come back at two, and he'll tell you that he has the stigmata, and there will be blood where you made the sign of the cross according to your suggestion. That's why the word is my flesh. Your thought is made manifest. You see it in front of your eyes. His personality becomes changed according to the suggestion you give him. A skilled hypnotist may suggest to one of his students while in the hypnotic state that his back itches and he'll try to scratch it. He might tell another that his nose is bleeding and he'll try to stop it. To another, he is a marble statue and he'll stand perfectly still. To another, 
that he is freezing and the temperature is below zero. His teeth begin to chatter. Give him a glass of water and tell him it's brandy. Tell him he's drunk and he'll play the role of a drunkard. Each one will follow out the line of his particular suggestion, totally oblivious to all his surroundings that do not pertain to the idea. These simple illustrations portray clearly the difference between your conscious reasoning mind and your subconscious mind, which is impersonal, non-selective, and accepts as true whatever your conscious mind believes to be true. Hence the importance of selecting thoughts, ideas, and premises which bless, heal, inspire, and fill your soul with joy. Your subconscious mind cannot argue controversially. If you give it wrong suggestions, it will accept them as true and will proceed to bring them to pass as conditions, experiences, and events. All things that have happened to you are based upon thoughts impressed on your subconscious mind through belief. Your habitual thinking with your conscious mind establish deep grooves in your subconscious mind. You must realize that your conscious mind is the watchman at the gate. Its chief function is to protect your subconscious mind from false impressions. You are now aware of one of the basic laws of mind, that your subconscious mind is amenable to suggestion. Your subconscious mind does not make comparisons or contrasts. Neither does it reason and think things out for itself. Your subconscious mind simply reacts to impressions given to it by your conscious mind. It does not show a preference for one course of action over another. The following is a classic example of the tremendous power of suggestion. Suppose you approach a timid-looking passenger on board a ship and say to him something like this, You look very ill. How pale you are. I feel certain you're going to be seasick. Let me help you to your cabin. The passenger turns pale. Your suggestion of seasickness associates itself with his own fears and forebodings. He accepts your aid down to his birth, and there your negative suggestions which were accepted by him are realized. It is true that different people will react in different ways to the same suggestion because of their subconscious conditioning or belief. For example, you say you went up to a sailor on the ship and said to him sympathetically, My dear fellow, you're looking ill. Aren't you feeling sick? You look to me as if you're going to be seasick. According to his temperament, he'd laugh at your joke, express a mild irritation, or treat you with derision. Your suggestion fell on deaf ears in this instance because your suggestion of seasickness was associated in his mind with his own immunity from it. Therefore, it called up not fear or worry, but self-confidence and faith. The dictionary says that a suggestion is the act or instance of putting something into one's mind, the mental process by which the thought or idea suggested is entertained, accepted, or put into effect. You must remember that a suggestion cannot impose something on the subconscious mind against the will of the conscious mind. You have the power to reject any negative suggestions. In the case of the sailor, he had no fear of seasickness as he had already convinced himself of his immunity. The negative suggestion had absolutely no power to evoke fear. Yet the suggestion of seasickness to the other passenger called forth his indwelling fear of sickness. Each of us has his own inner fears, beliefs, and opinions, and these inner assumptions rule and govern our lives. You could say to that man, I'm going to roll with the blows. I'm going to have the most wonderful experience on this ship in my life. 
and you would neutralize it. A suggestion has no power in and of itself unless it is mentally accepted by you. There is no inherent power in a suggestion. The power is in your thought. Every two or three years, I give a series of lectures at the London Truth Forum in Caxton Hall, London. This is a forum I founded about 30 years ago. Dr. Evelyn Fleet, a distinguished psychologist, is the director of that forum. She told me about an article which appeared in the English newspaper on this power of suggestion. A man gave this suggestion to his subconscious mind over a period of two years, saying, I give my right arm to see my daughter cured. It appeared that his daughter had a crippling form of arthritis, together with a so-called incurable form of skin disease. Medical treatment had failed to alleviate the condition and the father had an intense longing for his daughter's healing. He expressed that desire in the words just quoted. Dr. Fleet said the newspaper article pointed out that one day the family was out riding when their car collided with another. The father's right arm was torn off at the shoulder and immediately the daughter's arthritis and skin condition vanished. That's a terrible price to pay for a healing, isn't it? Your subconscious doesn't understand jokes. It takes you literally, and so you must stop giving it the wrong suggestions. There's nothing good or bad, but nothing makes it so. You must make certain to give your subconscious mind only suggestions which heal, bless, elevate, and inspire you in all your ways. Stop saying, I can't be healed. I can't make ends meet, because your subconscious will see to it that you can't. A young singer was invited to give an audition. She'd been looking forward to the interview, but on three previous occasions, she'd failed miserably due to fear of failure, giving suggestions of failure to her own subconscious. She had a good voice, but she'd say to herself, maybe they won't like my singing. I'll try, but I'm full of fear and anxiety, and so I'm bound to fail. Her subconscious mind accepted these negative auto-suggestions as a request, and it proceeded to manifest them and bring them into her experience. The cause was an involuntary auto-suggestion, silent fear thoughts emotionalized and subjectified. Your thought is your prayer. If you don't know the workings of your mind, how on earth can you pray? She overcame it by the following technique. Three times a day, she isolated herself in her room. She sat down comfortably in an armchair, relaxed her body, closed her eyes, and she imagined she was as relaxed as a wet leaf on a log. Have you ever seen a wet leaf on a log? Picture it in your mind and you'll relax. It stilled her mind and body in a wonderful way. Physical inertia favors mental passivity and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion. She counteracted the fear suggestion by saying to herself, God is the great singer. God is the great musician within me the living spirit almighty. I sing beautifully, majestically, and gloriously. I am poised, serene, confident, and calm. She repeated this statement slowly, quietly, and with feeling for five to ten minutes at each sitting, knowing that whatever you attach to I am, you become. She had three such sittings every day and one immediately prior to sleep. At the end of the week, she was completely poised and confident. When the invitation to audition came, she gave a remarkable wonderful performance. The law of your subconscious is compulsive, and she was compelled to give a marvelous audition. A woman age 75 was in the habit of saying to herself, I'm losing my memory. You can't lose your mind or your memory. 
Whatever you have learned, even in your mother's womb, is recorded faithfully in your subconscious mind. It forgets nothing. It's the storehouse of memory. What most people need is forgetterant, to coin a word, because they are remembering the old grudges, the peeves, the lawsuit. They remember their losses of 1929 and 1930, and they're still talking about them. They should forget these things, but they don't. She reversed it, saying, My memory from today on is improving in every way. I shall always remember whatever I need to know at every moment of time and point of space. The impressions received will be clear and more definite. I shall retain them automatically and with ease. Whatever I wish to recall will immediately present itself in the correct form in my mind. I'm improving rapidly every day, and very soon my memory will be better than it has ever been before. At the end of three weeks, her memory was back to normal, and she was delighted. She gave new impressions to her subconscious mind, and whatever you impress in your subconscious mind will be expressed on the screen of space. It will come forth as form, function, and experience and events. Some comments on heterosuggestion, which means suggestions from another person. The power of suggestion has played a part in the life and thoughts of man in every period of time and in every country on earth. In much of the world, it's the controlling power of religion, such as you're a sinner. The devil is going to get you, and when you die, you're going to go to hell. Things of that nature, and it frightens the life out of people. There were some clergymen some years ago who said the Lord spoke to them. The Lord told them that Los Angeles was such a bad city that we'd all be taken out into the ocean. A great earthquake would take place, and we'd all be wiped out. California would be taken into the ocean. Hundreds or maybe thousands left went to Mississippi, Arizona, and all over the place, and of course the earthquake didn't take place. Don't be a prophet of doom and gloom. Be a prophet of God and good. Some people asked me about the earthquake, and I said to them, Can you swim? They said yes. Well then, we have no problem, I told them. You can swim your way to safety. You can see how silly these hypnotic suggestions are, but how diabolical they are when you frighten the life out of a person. They sell their home, give their goods away for practically nothing, and go off in fear. If you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You'll say of the Lord, He's your refuge and your fortress. My God, in Him will you trust. Place your trust in the God presence. As Tanaguchi of Japan says, when the earthquake or the flood takes place, the truth student isn't there. He's always protected. Why? Because the truth is your shield and buckler. You'll fear no evil, for God is with you. His rod and His staff, they comfort you. That's prayer, isn't it? Suggestions may be used to discipline and control ourselves, but it can also be used to take control and command over others who don't know the laws of mind. Politicians use it often negatively. They soak the rich. They appeal to the biases and prejudices of people. You know, it's a lot of Tommy rot. But they're looking for votes and people are gullible, brainwashed, and mesmerized because if you are emotionally aroused, you can be manipulated. It's dangerous to indulge negative emotions because the moment you are on that wavelength, you're in trouble. You communicate with all the trouble in Los Angeles and you can be manipulated because you're highly suggestible. You need to watch yourself. Of course, constructive suggestions are wonderful and magnificent, but from infancy on, the majority of us are given many negative suggestions. 
and in its negative aspects, suggestion is one of the most destructive of all the response patterns of the mind, resulting in war, misery, suffering, racial, religious prejudices, and disaster. The dictators, despots, and tyrants of the world know the power of suggestion. Stalin practiced it. Hitler practiced it. Appealing to the religious and racial prejudices of people, then, when they were highly aroused emotionally, he planted these suggestions, repeating certain things over and over again. Millions of these people did not know they were brainwashed or mesmerized. So having been given many negative suggestions from infancy on and not knowing how to thwart them, when we were young, we unconsciously accepted them. Here are some of the negative suggestions. You can't. You'll never amount to anything. You mustn't. You will fail. You don't have a chance. You're all wrong. It's no use. It's not what you know, but what you know. The world is going to the dogs. What's the use? Nobody cares. It's no use trying so hard. You're too old now. Things are getting worse and worse. Life is an endless grind. Love is for the birds. You just can't win. Pretty soon you'll be bankrupt. Watch out, you'll get that virus. You can't trust a soul. And you begin to talk like that. These are commands to your subconscious mind, and your life will be a living hell. You'll be frustrated, neurotic, inhibited. You'll haunt the psychiatrist's offices because you're giving these destructive suggestions to yourself. The impressions made onto you in the past can cause behavior patterns that cause failure in your personal and social life. That is, unless, as an adult, you use constructive prayer process, which is reconditioning therapy. Pick up the paper any day, and you can read dozens of items that could sow the seeds of futility, fear, worry, anxiety, and impending doom. If accepted by you, these thoughts of fear could cause you to lose the will for life, knowing that you can reject all these negative suggestions by giving your subconscious mind a pattern of prayer, such as reading the Psalms before you go to sleep. You counteract all these destructive ideas. You don't have to be influenced by destructive heterosuggestions. If you look back, you can easily recall how parents, friends, relatives, teachers, clergymen contributed to a campaign of negative suggestions. Study the things said to you and you will discover much of it was in the form of propaganda. The purpose of much of it was to control you or instill fear into you. The heterosuggestion process goes on in every home, office, factory, and club. You'll find that many of these suggestions are for the purpose of making you think, feel, and act as others want you to in ways that are to their own advantage. A relative of mine went to a crystal gazer in India some years ago. He told me that this crystal gazer was believed to have some strange occult powers and she could do harm or good to a person. The crystal gazer told him that he had a bad heart and predicted that he would die at the next moon. He began to tell all members of his family about this prediction and he arranged his will. This powerful suggestion entered into his subconscious mind because he accepted it completely. He died as predicted, not knowing that he was the cause of his own death. Postmortem showed there was nothing at all wrong with his heart. He killed himself. I suppose many of us have heard similar stupid, ridiculous, superstitious stories. Let us look at what happened in the light of our knowledge of the way the subconscious works. 
whatever the conscious reasoning mind of man believes, the subconscious mind will accept and act upon it. My relative was happy, healthy, vigorous, and robust when he went to see the fortune teller. She gave him a very negative suggestion, which he accepted. He became terrified and constantly dwelt upon the fact that he was going to die at the next new moon. He proceeded to tell everyone about it, and he prepared for the end. The activity took place in his own mind, and his own thought was the cause. He brought about his own so-called death, or rather, destruction of the physical body by his fear and expectation of the end. The woman who predicted his death had no more power than the stones and sticks in the field. Her suggestion had no power to create or bring about the end she suggested. If he had known the laws of mind, he would have completely rejected the negative suggestion and said, My life is God's life. I live forever. He would have neutralized it and he would have refused to give her words any attention knowing that in his heart he was governed and controlled by his own thought and feeling. Like ten arrows aimed at a battleship, her prediction could have been completely neutralized and dissipated without hurting him. The suggestions of others in themselves have absolutely no power whatsoever over you except the power that you give them through your own thought. You have to give your mental consent. You have to entertain the thought. Then it becomes your thought and you do the thinking. Remember, you have the capacity to choose and you can choose whatsoever things are lovely and of good report. Long before ether or chloroform were discovered, Dr. James Esdale, a Scottish surgeon, performed over 400 major operations such as amputations, removal of tumors and cancerous growths, and operations on the eye, ear and throat. All these were conducted under mental amnesia, suggestions given to men and women in a trance state without any medical anesthetic. They weren't even known at the time. This shows you the power of your deeper mind. Dr. Estale only had a mortality rate of 2 or 3%. He taught orderlies to hypnotize people and tell them after the operation they'd have no infection. Your wound will heal. You'll be wonderful and so on. And infection was reduced to a minimum. All this was due to the suggestions by Dr. S. Dale to the subconscious mind of his patients, and they responded accordingly. Isn't that a wonderful way to realize that wonderful good you can do with constructive suggestions? I received a letter from a waiter in Honolulu, whom I had met on a recent trip there. I have many friends in the Hawaiian Islands, and I have met some kahunas. A kahuna is a Hawaiian priest, and there are good and bad ones. The waiter said someone was practicing black magic against him, that he was cursed, and that everything was going wrong in his life. He mentioned the name of the man who he believed was using voodoo or sorcery against him. Remember that sorcery, voodoo, Satanism, and all these things are words used to cover the ignorance of people. There's only one power, and when you use that power negatively, you can call it Satanism, voodoo, black magic, sorcery, anything under the sun, but that's all it is. It's a power, but it's not the power. The power is the I am, the God presence within. Moving as unity, it's omnipotent, it's supreme. There is nothing to oppose it or thwart it or impede its growth or expansion. That's why one with God is a majority. I wrote a lengthy explanation pointing out that all the water in the ocean couldn't sink a ship unless it got inside. Likewise, the negative thoughts of others could not enter into his mind unless he opened the door of his mind and gave them entrance. 
There are two ends of the stick, you know. There is the universal at one end and the individual at the other end. And the stick is one piece, so there's no separation. That same power is within you. I said, this is indisputable, incontrovertible, and eternal truth. God is all there is. God is absolute truth, boundless love, infinite life, absolute harmony, and infinite joy. I told him that when his thought is God's thought, God's power is with his thoughts of good, that his thought is creative, that when he thinks of God's love, peace, harmony, and joy, he's automatically protected and immune to all the toxic effluvia of the mass mind. When he thinks of the eternal verities, it is God thinking through him, and whatever God thinks can only result in divine law and order, heaven's first law. I gave him an age-old spiritual prescription, the source of which is lost in antiquity. Sit down quietly two or three times a day and imagine that you are surrounded by a sacred circle of God's light. As you continue to do this, after a day you'll actually see a golden circle of healing light around you. This is an emanation of the God presence within you, rendering you impervious to all harm. You are now invulnerable, completely insulated from fear thoughts and suggestions of others. If you can't give it, you can't receive it. If you can't hate a person, you can't receive hate. If you can't pour out negative suggestions and wish them failure, you can't receive it. You can't receive anything you can't give. Therefore, you're glad to give love, goodwill, peace, harmony, and wish for everyone all the blessings of heaven. You can have 1,000 people thinking negatively of you, and it will all boomerang back to them because you can't receive it. You can't give it. So, it's simple. A child could understand it. The sequel to this was most interesting. The waiter continued in the above prayer process, and at the end of the week, he read in the paper that this voodoo practitioner had dropped dead in the street, presumably of a heart attack. The explanation to this episode, again, very simple. The negative thoughts and implications hurled against him by the voodoo practitioner had no place to go as he no longer received them. On the contrary, he poured out benedictions and orisons on his well-wishers, orison, an old word for meditation and prayer. Then the proverbial boomerang took place, where these negative emotions engendered by the voodoo practitioner recoiled with double force back on him, and he actually killed himself. If you're wishing death for another, you're thinking it, you're feeling it, and you'll create it in your own mind and body, and you'll kill yourself. Meanwhile, the other person can prosper like the green bay tree. Perhaps he's full of love and goodwill, and therefore can't receive it. Then who gets it? You get it. You get the boomerang. It comes back to you with double force. Remember that you are the only thinker in the universe, and since your thought is created, what you are thinking about the other, you are creating within yourself. When you send out murderous or evil thoughts to another, who has insulated himself by godlike thoughts and cannot receive the negative vibrations, they'll return to you with double force. This is referred to as the boomerang. That's why the golden rule is the great law. Furthermore, to think or wish evil for another is to kill off harmony, peace, beauty, and joy within yourself. These thoughts generate emotions and emotions kill or cure. Evil thoughts plus the subconscious emotions generated by them accumulate in your subconscious mind, bringing about self-destruction, which can cause a fatal disease. 
or someone else may be the instrument through which you meet your death, for all murder is really self-murder. Then you'll say, why did this happen to me? Or maybe you'll say, it's the malefic configuration of the stars. Let me tell you something about these stars. You believe in God who made the stars. You don't believe in the created thing. That's the whoring after strange gods, as your Bible tells you. You're giving power to a created thing instead of the spirit, which is omnipotent, supreme, the all-powerful one, the all-wise one. There were two doctors, identical twins, born one after another. One took up unity and became a profound student of the science of mind, prayer, meditation, and mystic visioning. The other took up numerology and numbers, astrology, and malefic configurations in the sky. He didn't know that these things had no inherent power. They only have power if you believe in them. If the mass mind believes in these things and you accept these things, they'll come to pass. According to your belief, it is done unto you. He was told that Neptune was square in sun and Saturn was square in other, his natal sign and so forth. There was loss and lack and limitation. He was in danger of an accident and sickness and what have you. This man who believed in all these diabolical configurations, his house burned down. Then one of his children took an overdose of a drug and killed himself. He was demoted, he was sued, and he was disciplined by the medical authorities. Meanwhile, the older brother, remember their identical twins, prospered, was honored, and received in foreign countries and had the most wonderful year of his life, recognition and promotion. That brother believed in prayer, and the other believed in the stars. If you told an astronomer today that you were born in Pisces, he'd laugh out loud at you. Due to the precession of the equinoxes, it takes approximately 26,000 years for the sun to make its complete transit and about 2,100 years for each sign. Therefore, in 200 BC, it was in the first degree of Aries, that is the spring sign. So if you said you were born in Pisces, you were not. You were born in Aquarius. If you said you were born in Aquarius, you were born in Capricorn, and so on. All these signs are within you. They are imaginary. Believe in the God who made the stars, not the stars themselves, Shakespeare said, but we ourselves, that we are underlings. He was a profound student of the Bible, and all his writings are tinctured and permeated with Scripture. I was visited by a young woman who was emotionally distraught over a prediction of a psalmist that she could have a serious accident on or near her 21st birthday. That's sort of hypnotic, like she was hypnotized and the psalmist said, you're going to have an accident, and of course you will because you have accepted it. The young woman had accepted the suggestion and consequently she was afraid to travel by auto, train, or plane. She was living in perpetual fear and impressed her subconscious mind with the belief in an accident having actuated it with fear. It would have undoubtedly came to pass had she not learned how to neutralize the accepted negative thought. This is how she neutralized it. Whenever I go by bus, foot, automobile, train, or plane, or whatever means of conveyance I use, I know, believe, and accept the truth that divine loves goes before me, making joyous, glorious, and happy my way. I know that infinite intelligence guides and directs me at all times, that I'm always in the sacred center of God's eternal love. The whole armor of God enfolds me at all times and all my ways and travels are controlled by God and God alone. God controls all travel in the heavens above, 
and the earth beneath, making all my journeys the highway for my God. She affirmed these truths, morning, afternoon, and night, knowing these spiritual vibrations would obliterate and expunge from the subconscious mind the negative suggestion which was charged with fear. She is now 23 years of age and experienced the happiest day of her life. On her 21st birthday, she got married to a childhood friend and they're extremely happy. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Yes, all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believe, and ye shall receive. It isn't the stars or their position. It isn't the crystal ball. It isn't that you were born under a veil. It isn't because of your genetic code. It's because of the cast of your mind that things happen to you. That's the way you mold your own destiny. When millions of people believe that if you're born a certain star sign, you'll have certain characteristics, it's because of those people's beliefs. Such as if you're born in Aries, you'll always want to get to the top and the front of the line by hook or crook. Or because you're born in Taurus, you're going to be a banker. You love money and possessions and so on. Don't you know that all these qualities of God are within you? They're all within you. It's the belief, as Ernest Holmes said about these things, not the thing itself. Just like the Irish believer that they'll hear the wail of the banshee when some relative is going to die. Of course, they hear it, but other people don't. You weren't taught that when you were young, so therefore you don't hear it, but it comes out of their own subconscious mind because of their belief. These people don't hear the wail of banshee. The book of Proverbs says, put away the froward mouth and the perverse tongue. Jealousy is the green-eyed monster. We poison the banquet and then we eat the food we poisoned ourselves. The injured lover's hell, Milton called it. When you're jealous or angry or envious, you're in a negative wavelength and all the surrounding negative vibrations move in upon you. When you're angry, you're highly suggestible and your mind can be manipulated. People can take advantage of you. Furthermore, you're at a wavelength of trouble and you're tuning into lots of trouble here in Los Angeles, angry and full of hostility. These emotional states are highly suggestible. The religious fanatic is emotionally aroused too. He doesn't realize that every truth is a half-truth and that you must see two sides of the question. A man says, strawberries give me hives. Well, they do give him hives, but they don't give you hives. If it were a law, three and a half billion people would all get hives when they eat strawberries, but they don't. Obviously, this poor fellow had a bad relationship with hives. So it's a foolish thing to say to him, look, you don't get hives. He does. He has had that suggested to him or his mother or somebody else told him, but he can neutralize it by saying these strawberries represent God's food. It's the same substance as my own blood. They're simply electrons moving in space and I eat these strawberries with joy. They're transformed by the creative intelligence and the beauty, order, symmetry, and portions so that in my flesh... In my body should I see God, beauty, made manifest. Then he would neutralize it and he would eat the strawberries without any trouble. Say you're irritated and full of carping criticisms. You're down on people and you're condemning them. Don't become subjectively involved with that which you dislike and criticize. Don't you know that you're molded in the image and likeness of that which annoys and irritates you? Don't you know that you become what you condemn? It's the nature of love. 
It's also the nature of hatred to mold us into the image and the likeness of that which we contemplate. Furthermore, you're on a wavelength of trouble, and so you're in for lots and lots of trouble. So put away the froward mouth and the perverse tongue. Realize divine love goes before you, making straight, joyous, and glorious your way. That's a wonderful thing to do. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Turn not to the right nor the left, the book of Proverbs says. Let thine eye look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. With mine eyes stayed on God, there is no evil on my pathway. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Don't settle down and say, this is the cross I must bear. I must put up with this. Insist on harmony, health, peace, and abundance. God made you rich. Why then are you poor? If you settle down in your mind and say, look, I'm through, I'm incurable, I'm hopeless. I must put up with this arthritis or this lower back pain or lameness or whatever it is. Then you're through. All the prayers in the world won't help you because you are resigned to it. You've accepted it. Maintain the desire inside. The will of God for you is a greater measure of life, love, truth, and beauty. The will of God for you is health, a greater measure of peace and joy. God made you rich. Why then are you poor? The will of God for you is something transcending our fondest dreams. You know very well if you burn yourself, it reduces the edema. If you cut yourself, it forms thrombin. The tendency of life is to heal. That's God seeking expression through you, saying, come on up higher. I have need of you. It's God seeking a holy receptacle that he might express himself through higher levels through you because you are the focal point of the divine. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. God loves you. You are God made manifest. God is seeking expression through you. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord thy God. I will come and heal thee. I will restore health into thee and heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. It is the Lord's hand shortened that he cannot save. No, you must insist on healing. You don't get angry. You don't get mad at yourself. You don't become impatient. Impatience possesses ye your soul. You continue to have the urge for healing. You don't settle down. You say, there is a solution. There is a way out. And I'll never rest until I get harmony, peace, love, and wholeness into my life. Now remember, don't get violent because then you'll only get worse. You don't go too far to the right or too far to the left. Turn not to the right nor to the left. Don't get all absorbed in the phenomena of the world and judge according to appearances. And don't go too much to the left. In other words, don't bother with your Ouija board. You're only talking to yourself. Don't you know when you operate the Ouija board, it's your own subconscious talking back to you. If you believe in evil entities, then your subconscious plays the role of an evil entity, and many people go insane. They go completely nuts. Wake up, for heaven's sake. You are simply talking to yourself, that's all. You don't believe in evil entities. You don't believe in fortune tellers or crystal balls, but you do believe. With mine eye stayed on God, there is no evil on my pathway. That you do believe that your thoughts and feelings create your destiny, and if there be prophecies, they shall fail. 
How could you predict failure for a courageous man? How could you predict incurability for a man who believes in the healing power of God? You couldn't do it. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. All healing is of the Most High. Stop going to the right and left. Walk the middle road, the royal path of the ancients. Your own consciousness is the path. I am the way. Every truth is a half-truth. You must see two sides to it. God is the only truth. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Realize, therefore, that your own thought and feeling creates your destiny. To believe something is to accept it as true. What you decide to be true with your conscious mind, you will experience with your subconscious mind on the screen of space. That's wonderful. There's a road. There's a highway. There's a main road. It's the road to holiness. It means wholeness, you see. It's the path of freedom. But the path is within you. When you decide to be true, whatever you decide to be true in your conscious mind, you will experience with your subconscious mind. Therefore, believe that God or infinite intelligence is guiding you. Right action reigns supreme. Divine law and order governs you. Divine peace fills your soul. Begin to believe in all these things. You don't create these things, but you activate them. Make them potent in your life. Your subconscious beliefs dictate control and manipulate all your conscious actions. Begin now to believe, claim, feel, and know that God is guiding you in all your ways. The divine law and order, heaven's first law, govern all your activities. The divine right action governs you at all times. God is prospering you in all ways, and you are inspired from on high. As you accept these truths with your conscious mind, your subconscious will bring all these things to pass, and you will discover that all your ways are pleasantness, and all your paths are peace. If you don't do your own thinking and your own praying, the mass mind will move in upon you and do all your thinking for you. It will manipulate you. Then you've put yourself in prison, the prison of fear and of sickness. Do your own thinking. Don't let your mother-in-law do the thinking for you. Don't let the radio generate your emotions for you. Control your emotions. You have seen on TV soap shavings fed to a hypnotized person and he insisted he's eating an apple pie with ice cream. You've seen it many times. Tell him his left nostril is bleeding and it will begin to bleed in front of your eyes. Put your finger on his neck and tell him it's red hot poker and you'll see a real blister in front of your eyes. Then you will know the word is made flesh. For the word is a thought expressed. You say, why didn't my parents tell me that? Why didn't the clergyman tell me that the word is made flesh, that my thought is made manifest, that my thought is creative? Then I would have some respect for my thought. When you serve chili peppers to a man and he's convinced he's eating ice cream, and when you put ice cubes on his neck and tell him it's a red hot poker and he gets a blister, then you know thinking makes it so. And this concludes The Unbelievable Power of Suggestion by Joseph Murphy. There's something special about the way that Joseph Murphy teaches about suggestion. Here he mentions hypnosis quite a bit, and as I have mentioned before on my podcast, as a certified hypnotist, I have experienced and witnessed these things. Not everybody is hypnotizable. At least some people require 
a lot extra to be hypnotized. But about a third, sometimes to a half of an audience can be hypnotized and do amazing things. And I'm jealous of those people. It is harder to hypnotize me understanding the nature and dynamics of hypnosis. I have witnessed people get up and deliver the most amazing soliloquy when they're told that they are Shakespeare. I've seen everything that he's talking about. Placing ice on someone and telling them it's a hot poker. It really works. And when you become aware of the power of the mind to do these things to us, to create literal burns, it works. And the level of hypnosis goes deep. It can last for years. You can be hypnotized about something right now that was planted years and years ago. So I have made it my goal with my podcast to dehypnotize from negative beliefs and to hypnotize with powerful positive beliefs. As you'll notice with the episodes that I choose and the meditations that I do, I'm continually trying to create positive suggestions for people that listen so they go out into the world with positive and powerful beliefs because I believe once you have that, you are unstoppable. If we could go deep into your subconscious and just tell you that you are God, that you have unlimited power to do whatever you want, that all things are possible to you and you really believe it, the most amazing things can happen. But we're constantly struggling with negative suggestions that we have received throughout our life. Oftentimes, thousands, maybe even millions of times from TV shows that we've watched, news reports, classroom settings, family settings. We are all highly manipulated and hypnotized on many, many levels. Even those of you that say, I can't be hypnotized. You are hypnotized just on a different level. So when you become aware of this, you can rehypnotize yourself. And there's some great examples of here of how you can do that. At least a dozen times. I have a people contact me saying, I've had a curse placed upon me and it's really, really affecting me at least a dozen times. And that's just my channel. And I would bet people that have similar channels have had people contact them. And when I first began my channel, I had somebody tell me that they had been cursed and they had the most terrible things happening to them. They were arrested. They were put in prison. They had health problems. They had a divorce. And these were all deep suggestions that have been planted. Do not allow your mind to create a world of agony, hell, and fear. One of my favorite parts of this lecture is actual documentation from Joseph Murphy of the boomerang effect. Murphy tells of someone he knows having been cursed with a voodoo curse and this person very much worrying that they're going to die. Then with affirmation and an interesting ritual where he simply creates a golden ball of healing energy around himself, classic and normal that we've all used, that the curse went back to the other person and in reading in the newspaper, the person died of a sudden heart attack. Neville Goddard mentions this when he briefly mentions in one of his lectures how somebody had attempted to curse him. And he also is emphasizing this in his book, Prayer, the Art of Believing, in that 
you imagine for others what you would want for yourself and his warnings of imagining negatively for others as it coming back to you so if you are strong and if you are positive and you create a positive energetic framework around you and you're affirming positively around you if people are cursing you it's going to go back and hurt them twofold and if you are cursing people it's going to come back to you and there are times when you may have done this subconsciously you've been hateful angry towards people you might have said gossip towards people and then later on you see how it's all coming back to you you have people being hateful and gossipy about you it always comes back to you because you are creating for yourself when you're thinking about others so look at your enemy and think wonderful thoughts for them if you have an enemy look at your friends and think wonderful thoughts for them because you're thinking for yourself everybody is you pushed out i find it amazing within the thick veil of third density how much i need to be reminded of this i'm reading these lectures to you constantly reading books and i am still needing to constantly be reminded of this if i were to stop doing my podcast or listening to similar podcasts or reading similar books i would guess within a month i would start having negative suggestions coming in because it is so natural and it's so easy to accept negative suggestions it's an ongoing battle you have to continually remind yourself of this power because the nature of the illusion that we're in it doesn't appear as obvious as it should but it is absolutely the truth so suggest a wonderful powerful beautiful healing harmonious world for yourself and others and it will come to you and just remember the word was made flesh your very words affect matter and your physical body treat them with incredible precision and honor every word that you say use or think because the word is god you can find all episodes of the reality revolution at therealityrevolution.com go out into the day and have just an amazing day i hope you're feeling great i hope you're experiencing wonderful and fantastic things all the time i hope that you're blessed with the love of infinite intelligence in every moment i'm so grateful that you've listened to this episode and i love you so very much and welcome to the reality revolution <laughs>